Apparently, 500 homes across this area of Ashford are in darkness. What did you do, Al? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of cooking a pie in a kettle. I think that's fucking hysterical. The well, kettle doesn't work. Do you want to work? I'll just stick it in the kettle and turn it on. <laughs> oh, did new work, man? I'll pour some Newcastle Brown on to see if that helps. <laughs> the kettle doesn't work. I've got no electricity. No, you've no. Have you made a fire yet, Al? <laughs> I want to go. In the, I want to go in the shower. There's no hot water. I can just see Al like just hitting two empty bottles of brown ale together, trying to make a spark. <laughs> You can't watch eBay scammers or anything. No, I can't. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Wait, that's at the same time we're going to podcast. What are you talking about? Looking forward to it. <laughs> Wait well, a someone thought it was next week. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <sighs> For the Conquistadors. Tonight, the Conquistadors go to the very beginning of wrestling pay per views with Stock Arcade 1983, a flare for the gold. Strutting their way into the steel cage tonight, the dirtiest player in the game, Phil Royal. Clear Nogakusi, Owen Taylor. And the real world champion, Cameron Phillips. Only tonight on the Conquistables. Well, what, what a beginning to the Conquistables. Oh, what God. A be- what a beginning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Al's stuck away in, in the dark somewhere. Al's, Al's turned up in the, in the dark, killed a hotel. Mm. Yep. Pretty much killed this episode. Yep. Um, he's gone. Yeah, yep. he's away now. He's he's, away now. he's 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 disqualified himself from the uh, anything going forward. <laughs> yeah. He is the CM Punk in our elimination uh, chamber. Never quite makes it to the cage. Nope, pretty much. He's like that guy. Who is it, Buddy General Buddy Lee Rogers? Oh, don't <laughs> dragging his way from the back, trying to get to well, the he's ring, just crawling his way down the aisle. He gets there, well, boom, finish. He's out, done. looking for water. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I also, I also can't have an answer to your question you posed. What was that? I know the identity of Charlie Brown. Do you? Well, I, I've since Wikipedia'd this, and <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I do now. But yeah, for the purpose of this podcast, really, you and who is he? Well, well, we'll come he, to the match, won't we? Well, we'll probably come to that later. Yeah, yeah. Ourselves, you know ourselves, boys. We haven't even introduced what we're talking about yet. Hey, you're, 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 the the a, you're the one that's got us on a tight schedule tonight. We've wasted forty minutes on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, taking control of the podcast. The first time for that. Job. Starcade 983. Yes. Yeah. Wrestling. Because <clears throat> this was your choice, Phil. This is my pick. Yeah, why did you make us watch this? Because I just no. thought it would be interesting to do like the first one. Because this isn't the first like wrestling, big wrestling supercard show, but it's the first kind of pay-per-view, even though it's on like closed circuit TV. It's the first sort of major event that yeah. at least Jim Crocker promotions televised. Yeah. This begats the wrestling classic which begats Wrestlemania you you can you can't half tell at many points during it though oh god you can yeah 
So this is like essentially like the ground zero or the kind of pre-beginning of the 80s wrestling boom. So if yeah. I got my, got my dates right, it's this is 1983, November 1983. Vince has mm-hmm. bought WWE in 1982. Yep. Uh, the next month, Hulk Hogan comes back onto WWE television and the January after, so in about three months' time, he wins the WWE belt, which basically kicks off Hulkamania. Yep. So we're like right on the cusp of the rock and roll... Uh, the rock and wrestling, the kind of huge eighties boom, and the NWA via Jim Crockett Promotions got there first with Starcade nineteen eighty three, a flare for the gold. Now is it, is it a flare or the flare because it's called various things throughout? I think they called it a lot of stuff. We'll just call it a flare for the gold. Get rid of the uh, indefinite article. The official poster, which I have here in front of me, says a flare for the gold. A flare, a flare is also gold. spelled F L A R E. Yeah, so they've got someone with dyslexia to do the poster. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Well, I suppose and if you're going to say a flare for the gold and spell it F L A I R, it's it's going to be it's yeah it's yeah. it's going to give away the ending. Because the much, whole, yeah. whole page is essentially built around the uh, climax of the Harley Race Ric Flair feud uh, ends mm-hmm. up in a steel cage. Well, we say cage, we'll come to that later. Ric Flair for the NWA Heavyweight Belt, which I think Flair won twice previously. Yeah, but was never really quite, you know, the man, as it were, to paraphrase there. Uh, whereas no. uh, Harley Race is the seven-time champion and like the you know, the big uh, evil guy. He paid off people to uh, injure Flair coming up to the match. So it's a big he whole thing. It's a twenty-five thousand dollar bounty um, on Flair's head to give him an injury that makes him retire from wrestling. And Bob Orton Jr. and Dick Slater attack him, and uh, it was apparently put forward as a career-ending injury and Flair actually did announce his retirement before the show a yep. few weeks before the show but then announced he was coming back obviously yeah. for this it's match. a ruse it's a flair ruse <laughs> it's all, it was all a ruse and mm-hmm. like normally like about this point of the show I'd cut in like the opening like noisy promo music from the PP. <laughs> yep but yeah. this one we like are... I sat down Loaded up on the this morning essentially because I watched it very last minute loaded up the uh, network found the pay-per-view turned it on Go to the bit, you know, the TV fourteen. And then I'm looking at two dudes in a mask and a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in a ring, yeah. and it's like we're, we're off. Like, huh? There's no no growly Vince equivalent for this. No, 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 no. No, no. I was something wrong with my um, my stream because I thought, wait, why are we straight into the first match? Yeah. Where's the intro? Where's where's the welcome to Starsky eighty three? Now I've done no research into this whatsoever. But okay. it being the first one, and knowing how notorious, you know, it's not WCW, but it's, you know, it's the beginnings of WCW with Jim Crockett promotion and all that. I'm willing to bet that no one pressed the record button on the video when they started doing the closed circuit recording. That would not surprise me. You know, they started off, they did like an intro and all that, they got into the match, so I went, are we, are we starting the tape? Oh, no, shit! <laughs> Uh, Tommy in the production truck was uh, asleep. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through all of their names later on. Um, yes, <laughs> but so this so this wasn't a pay view. It was sold through closed circuit TVs across the country and apparently the Caribbean basin, which I'll talk about lots later on. Yes, um, and so yeah, it was sixteen thousand in the Greensboro Arena. Greensboro Coliseum, uh-huh. the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Oh, I'm not sure what the buy rate was. Well, you know what if, what the equivalent of buy rate was, but I think it was a pretty big deal. For this uh, show, according to the article I've got here, it was about thirty thousand people. But it would have been bigger. But there was a winter storm that night that obviously kept a lot of people away. No, yeah. So, but but you know, 
for what is essentially the first pay per view, I guess that's pretty good because there's, there's no benchmark for this as it stands. You it's certainly wouldn't have much to compare it to. No, because well, like no. I think Vincini had ran shows in like um, baseball stadiums and stuff. So they kind of run big shows, but there was nothing like broadcast as wide as this yeah. up to this point. So, yeah. uh, so this you know this new venture, this amazing new concept of uh, the supercard uh, broadcast across the country. What are we going to have for the first match? We're going to have the Assassins versus Rufus James and Bugsy McGraw. Yeah, yeah. Quick quiz. Who is the assassin number two? It's not going to be famous, is it? Yep. Okay. Do you give up? Magnum uh, TA. Is he the bigger one or the smaller one? The bigger one. The bigger one. Um, the big show. No. He is... I don't know. Big John Studd. No. He is our friend, the one and only, Hercules. No! <laughs> <laughs> no! We can't get rid of this man. Seriously? No! Yep. We tripped up on another PD. <laughs> we have. Oh, but Al's going to be so pissed he missed this. I love it. I love it. I can't we, believe it. No way. Yep. Brilliant. Oh, you know what? You know what? I did think his shorts were a little tight. <laughs> well. Also, he was fucking terrible in the yeah. ring. But yeah, oh, th- well. this is this is basically for, like, proper wrestlers. Proper 80s oh, wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. Well, Two wrestlers and two men who've got some kind of shaking leg syndrome. <laughs> yeah, both Rufus James and Bugsy McGraw. I think I think they see some Dusty Rhodes tapes. Call me crazy. Yes, clearly, <laughs> I but, did think at one stage watching the start of this match that um, Dust, uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes had uh, blacked up. <laughs> I genuinely, thought, I was like, I don't know what's going I, on. I, I, I thought that wasn't going to be on the podcast that comment, but it was. It was on the on the podcast. But but you know what? You know what? You see that, Cameron, but Bugsy's got a degree, I'll have you know. McGraw. A man who uh, holds a uh, BA degree. He's got a degree in. It was uh, just, he's got a degree. Uh, business good. something it was. Business he's something. Like third degree burns or something. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and look, they all know they all can work a good uh, a mean wrist lock, every single one of them. Absolutely. Not so much a hip toss because there's a couple of really sloppy ones. Yeah, but we get a good, what, five, ten minutes of uh, wrist locks, if that was like? <laughs> it felt like eight years of wrist locks. Uh, mm. I think the highlight I've written out of this match is at one point the camera falls over. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, it, was. <laughs> it, was, it was right at the heat and everyone's so excited they read it and the camera just can't take it and it collapses. It just and falls over. <laughs> just can't take it. Just can't take it. Boom, falls over. The crowd are oh, hot though for it. I don't know why they yeah, are. Yeah, the, the crowd go absolutely apeshit mental for an armbar at one stage. Yeah, I, I, I just wrote down what is this crowd on because I'm like, it's an armbar, people. Come on, I know it's the eighties. Yeah, but, but, I suppose, yeah, but yeah, that's probably the very, very reason. And I mean, a lot, a lot of what goes on in this entire show, it's like it's a different everything's world. portrayed. Everything's portrayed as a proper fight. That's yeah. true. It's not like there's going to be, you know, when when it's like a steel cage match at the end, you know, you're not going to see anyone like diving off the top of a cage. No, because yeah. no. you know, Snooker's yet to do the move the off the top of the cage one. later yeah. on. Well, there's no like hurricane runners. There's no, you know, daft top rope things at all. Are there? There's, there's no kind of no. Big it's spots. like proper brawly like, fighting. A drop kick is still a spot, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're in the era that a top going to the top rope was an actual DQ still. Mm. No, you probably mm. right there, to be honest. A couple of times it 
there's an issue later on about some like going over the top, right? Isn't there? But uh, yes. we'll get to come to that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think we've talked about this match way too much because it's rubbish yeah. and it finishes with a roll up. <laughs> it does. It does finish. Yeah, McGraw comes in but ends up getting rolled up for a pin. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And Hercules laughs all his way to the bank. Yeah. Just thinking. <laughs> a couple of years, it'll be a hot WWE act. Yeah. But there you go. There you go. So we um, get. To, so we, we're done with that match. We're binned it off because it's rubbish. We get our two announcers. Uh, one Gordon Soley, mm-hmm. Bob Cordell. Uh, God yeah. bless Gordon Soley, but I just wrote down Gordon Soley seems like a sad, confused old man yeah. at points because he just rambles nonsense. He does ramble nonsense, but not good like Greater Monsoon nonsense, just kind of no. like boring nonsense. Like the whole I thing hope. with the Bugsy's degree. It's like well, I don't really care. Uh huh. It's I like. But who oh. thought this other fella, Bob Cordell? Because obviously, you know, there's no announcements when we, we, we were straight into the match where we just hear the people talking. <laughs> I thought that was like a weird voice, Tony Schiavone. No, Tony Schiavone at this point has not gone through puberty as we'll get to. Yeah. <laughs> but Bob's got the same kind of cadence to his voice. I was like, is that, is that Tony Schiavone? Is that Tony Schiavone? No, so we've no. got, um, we got uh, Gordo and Bobbo next to their kind of uh, flair for the gold. Gordo and Bobbo. Sounds like a bad kids TV show. Yeah, Gordo and Bobbo. With their, start, yeah. their nice, you know, nice printed flair for the gold backdrop, you know, they're backstage having a good time. Uh, and yeah, they cut to uh, Tony Giovanni in the locker room, and what a Tony Giovanni is! <laughs> this is the this is the epic Tony Giovanni here. No mustache. He's what no eleven? Beard. Uh, he must be at least like ten, eleven at this point in time. He looks so and out of place in that locker room. What I love is like you got Giovanni. Just I, I forgot what you're talking about. Cause in the background, this is like Rick Flair having a chat pipe with Roddy Piper, just having a yeah, chat. I thought this was weird. Like it was, literally, was everyone was in the one locker room. Yeah, Steamboat just walks past Ricky Steamboat having a chat, just having a chat, and then I noticed what blew my mind. Piper turns around. He's wearing a New Japan T-shirt. Yes. I was like, wow. <laughs> Tony, get out of the way. I want to hear what they're talking about, mate. Yeah. But you know, he just rattles on, just rattles on. Yeah, you kind of think he's going to go. It's another one of those examples of the evening that they're not. Things that we've become used to now from like a televised product as wrestling has become. With some kind of. Obviously, you know, yeah, these are like the very, very foundation starting points of it. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, they would obviously have Tony Schiavone like interview either Roddy Piper or Ric Flair, which he does later on, to be fair to him. Yeah. Yeah. But there wouldn't be any point in going to him. If he was just going to go, hey, well, Starcade, it's great, isn't it? And then yeah. not not ask them a thing. And no. just have Roddy Piper and Ric Flair kind of chatting about, for all we know, what they've had for dinner. Yeah. Um, you know, in the background, and well, back to you, Bobo and Gordo. <laughs> yeah. I do like the fact that this, going back to Cameron's point about the presentation, it was more presented like a sport. I felt like mm, at times. Yes. Yeah, well, that's the Jim Crockett thing, isn't it? It's very much, yeah. it's not quite well, as far as, um, what was it, AWA extent. Yeah, or WCCW. Yeah, so it's still, like, you know, there's, there's, well, there aren't many gimmicks to this at all, I don't think, but it's still like, uh, still like, um, yeah, presented firmly yeah. within kayfabe. Yeah, it was much world of sports, like person A, person B, they're going to have a wrestling match, you're going to watch it. Yeah. Which, so, in a way, is quite refreshing from what we get. It is. Mm. It is. You know, there is, there's certainly, an, without wishing to sound like, you know, Jim Cornette all the time. Um, <laughs> no one's there that. Is, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, there is a, um, it's, it's kind of something that I miss from uh, these yeah. days. They kind because, of, you know, it, some, some parts of like the Cruiserweight Classic kind of had that feel to it. Yeah, yes. I think Mauro Ronaldo does a quite a good job of mm. it. Oh, yeah, obviously, we can't have him because JBL would prefer to um, bully him. Yeah, but at least now he's on NXT. Yeah, 
That's true, yeah. Yes, and it's him and Nigel McGuinness on NXT, actually. NXT's commentary at the minute is really, really good. Well, I've not watched it for NXT. Get back into NXT. I've not watched it for a while, so... Oh yeah, yeah. Drew is the champ. I might get job. back into it. Oh, Drew's the man. Yeah, yeah. Cool. agreed. Uh, but uh, we next we see one of my favourite things is which the the ring announcer has got a big sheet of paper. He's reading all the matches <laughs> stuff. I love this ring announcer. I, I thought he was the hero of this yeah, entire show because he just doesn't care. He's just, he's just like it's, it's not even like a nice kind of like clipboard. No, it's literally just like a big chunk of paper is like half folded up. It was probably off his sandwich he had before the show. Probably yeah. He just reads, reading, he's reading them off. Right, he's grown, but. Was it, what's go. going on? Yeah. So, uh, and he's uh, introducing the next match, which is um, uh, Scott McGee. I'll yep. see the guy's name. John Scott McGee and John Weaver. John Weaver. Versus Mark uh, Lewin. Mark Lewin yeah. with Gary um, Hunt and Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan. I wrote down Mark Lewin's very excited. He's like air humping like throughout the introductions. <laughs> he got, Lewin, like, I'd never heard him probably. He's, he's ripped. He looks He's like a, a big large guy. man. Yeah. Um, but how good he is, can compete to McGee and Weaver's matching jackets. There's some good 80s matching jackets in those boys. Absolutely. It was at this point I wrote down, what's with the ropes? They sounded weird. About that, a quick duck under, go behind, and a waist lift takedown by uh, Sullivan, but uh, Scott McGee up and over his man, leapfrogs him and catches him with a beautiful flying drop kick. Oh, I noticed it later on, and I think it was the steamboat young boy. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the when you came off that the force, it was like rubber banding. Yeah, mm. it was like close. It was, like, it was literally like a clothesline that's been stretched out. Yeah, it's like boing. Like I just made this kind of weird, yeah, noise. Mm. And, but you notice, like, like all the people so far, they've all kind of shared that same kind of like southern barrel-chested, yeah, kind of body shape to them. Mm-hmm. Apart from, from Lewin, he's just like. <laughs> he's like the odd one out he's here he's like, like, like a decent looking body but like a really old head it's really weird mm. and he's like girding all over the place and it's like calm down pal um, but we should interrupt the, the wrestling match for a copyright notice from Gordon Soley because that's the most important thing by the way Starcade 83 is a copyright presentation of Jim Crockett Promotions Incorporated any use of or any reproduction of this telecast is prohibited without written permission of Jim Crockett Promotions Incorporated. Which I suppose is another thing, another another example of what I'm, you know, what we're talking about with it being a new thing. It's like the, the, you know, they the must have been genuinely worried that yeah, someone was. Who would have recorded that? It's, it's being shown closed circuit TV. Some man at the back with a camera in the bars. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Some camera in the bars. I don't yeah. know. When, well, where, would, you, would it have been in bars and stuff? Would you be able to hook up a VHS tape to it? Uh, pro- well, no. I mean, you could record it onto a video t- uh, video recorder. Uh, video camera, sorry. Was VHS even around? 83 would have been, yeah. 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 You would have had the video Nazis by now, I think. It would have been horrendously expensive, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know. Start. Uh, VHS was available from 1976. Oh, all right, okay, fair enough. But as I say, I would imagine it would still been quite bloody expensive. Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, considering in the eighties, uh, movie studios were charging about eighty bucks a tape. Mm. Wow. Yeah, the video so, library tapes were hell expensive, weren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I think it says something about the quality of the match. We're now talking about the history of the VHS library. Yeah, this, ma- this, yeah. this match, this match sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't the greatest. Um, it's a novelty seeing Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, because he was, like, he he was looks like really young. It looks really weird because last time we saw him was what Halloween Havoc. Yeah, or Sutin. Uh, yeah, I think so. And he was like, you know, not infirm Kevin Sullivan, but much less, you know, old, much older Kevin Sullivan. 
Mm-hmm. Although I remember written down there's a fancy escape by McGee from some move, but it was clearly so good that I can't remember what it was. <laughs> is this something? Is this? No, I've, I've put it here. Scott McGee breaks up an armbar by just climbing Lewin. Yeah, he just, like a back, <laughs> he just, he just climbs him up, climbs up at the top of him, and yeah, just yeah, jumps off the top done. of his head. It's, it's that great Jack and the Beanstalk uh, spot no one does anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, a McGee tag is denied because you have to go over the top rope. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he actually goes under the bo- under the top rope and that's apparently illegal you have to go over the top rope to get in the ring when you're tagged what? allegedly yeah I don't get that at all which doesn't seem to have any effect later on in the evening at all <laughs> later on and the um, the, the commentary team then gets so bored they start talking about one of the later matches the Ab- uh, Abdullah the Butcher match they start banging oh. on about that for a bit Jesus mm-hmm. and then um, I think in kind of um, honour of the previous wrist locks in the last match we have a double wrist lock into the finish <laughs> such a weird sequence yeah and this is like wrist lock finish like, what huh there's okay. a lot of really quick in, in, you yeah. know, endings to matches tonight mm. what, but what I didn't is, get what I didn't get from this match is like the match is boring yeah we'll agree on yeah, that yeah. it's kind of yeah. dull and rubbish and it finishes which is great and then Gary Hart comes into the ring pulls out what I thought was like a roll of quarters then all of a sudden like uh, McGee's on the floor literally covered in blood and Gary Hart is saying, give him more and give him more. Uh, Gordon right here, really uncalled for. Fans, this is just... Yeah, there's yeah. a lot and of blood. And like, <laughs> battering him with this, like, what appears to them be a knife. Yeah. Out of it's nowhere. Probably. And he's literally just, like, half his body's coming to birth. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, we had a kind of, you know, a decent match. That was all right. At best. Kind of boring. That uh, was passable. So we'll just end it with a massive bloodbath. Well, to be fair, the mat didn't exactly look clean anyway on the ring because it looked like it'd been there for like a decade already. Didn't look great, did it? But no. I, I don't get why we go, we are like, second match in, we go for like a bloodbath massacre finish. Uh, because it's the event of the summer and, you know, the first match was so terrible, so, you know, you might as well try and do something better. Yeah. And uh, some dude comes out, what's his name? The Antonio Mosca, whatever it is. Yes. Comes uh, out, gets our, involved. Our guest referee for later on. It's all a little bit, it's all a little bit. So I was like, "What?" That, was, <laughs> that es- you know, to, to take a line somewhere else. That escalated really quickly. Hey, it did. They just kind of beat these guys and then just like cut their heads open. <laughs> Very much a, a tribute it's, to the match that's coming up next. Yeah, so welcome to the NWA. <laughs> this is what it's like. Yeah, yeah. So back to um, um, back to uh, Gordo and Bobo again. <laughs> Gordo and Bobo are there, but um, the best bit is—is is this not the bit where they um, have the? wonderfully sexist (laughs) and now we're going to go to the prettiest face of the evening hello Barbara alright fans and there you see that and right now we want to show you and go to the prettiest face that you're going to see this evening let's go to Barbara Clary what a family she's picked in the the crowd to interview I haven't written this down but this is the one with like kind of go it is literally someone who's like going and where have you driven from tonight? We driven from the Arkansas. Yeah, and it's right. like, it was very yeah. much slow. Who are you looking for? Rick Flair. Rick Flair. They're all like, what's the guy from King of the Hill? Was it Boomhar? I'm here with the Estes family from Gaffney, South Carolina. How far did y'all have to drive to get here? About 180 miles. Was it worth it? Yes, ma'am. So, but, but, and then we go from like that to Tony Giovanni he's like sat with um, Harley Race he looks like an actual gangster 
Oh, Harley Race is amazing. He, he is the man. Brilliant. He just How sat there. Good uh, Harley Race's promos. He's just... He doesn't scream. He doesn't shout. He just speaks very oh. calmly and very gently. But you know, and there's this dark, dark, violent undertone to everything he's saying. You just yes. want to call him Boss Harley. I just want to call him Boss. Oh, yeah. He is totally. I'm really, really calm, but I'm still going to rip your fucking head yeah. off. No, and then Yes. But, yeah. the map. Is promo gold. Mm, he yeah. doesn't kill um, Shivani, so that's kind of annoying. And please believe me, tonight, Flair, I know what your shortcomings are. I know where you hurt. And I'm going after each and every one of those spots. Well, to be fair, his mum was watching on, so he, he couldn't really do anything to Tony. That's fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're from that match, we're through to the uh, the youngster, Carlos Colon. Uh, well. Versus, well, actually, here he probably is like a youngster. This is uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Yay! Another, Yay! Another back again. <laughs> and what, what I love, like, obviously this is early in Abdullah, Abdullah's, in Abdullah the Butcher's career. Like, he's not been going for that long, I don't think. And his head, forehead is already really messed up. Oh, yeah. I did it. Like, really messed up. Yeah. And so, like, I think I've written down here. So, match stops, lock up, Abdullah pulls out for an object. Yep. It's literally that Shot. quick. It's, 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 is it a plastic fork? It's a plastic, it's a, I think it's a plastic fork. It looks like a plastic fork. I just think it's a shard or something, isn't it? It's a shiv or something. It's shiv. He's been in the jail. <laughs> it's a spork from KFC. Dude, Jesus! Oh, it's gone, man. What the hell? <laughs> what just happened? It's made me powers back. I love Is it? Here. Oh, thank Christ for that. Oh, I yeah, brilliant. Shit, you know I, mean? <laughs> I love the fact that Al's just entered the, the show again and his first words are it's a spork it's a spork <laughs> to be fair oh you're probably right <laughs> I'm really confused now <laughs> but what I don't get here right he got the the foreign object in and Abdullah's battering him over the head with it Cologne takes it and batters him back and the ref's just like in the corner going one two three four <laughs> no no this isn't a new Dickie match is it no, it's just a match. It's a match. Why are you t- why are you stopping them from like just battering each other with this? Are you going to tell Abdul the Butcher to stop? That's a fair point, actually. It doesn't care at all. I also noticed the ref were wearing different outfits in the matches. I think it's because they're from different organisations. That's rubbish. I want more, I want consistency. You wouldn't have that on the well, apart from the Raw and SmackDown show. That's another point. I want consistency in refs or an explanation <laughs> why they're different referees. Do you? I want consistency. Well, like a WrestleMania one where they all wear the same shirt. Anyways, so where are we? Is it Carlos Cologne gets thrown onto the ref? Then I don't do elbows the ref. Do you want to know? You want to see? You want, shall I read my entire notes for this match? Go for yes. it. Right, banned in Puerto Rico. Abdullah stabs Carlos straight away. Colon now has the stabby thing. Abdullah <laughs> bleeds. Colon bites Abdullah. Abdullah accidentally elbow drops ref. Yeah. Hugo Savinovich clocks Colon. Abdullah pins him. Done. The end. That's it. That's my entire note for this match. It might there be same. I just pull like someone nails Cologne. Like, <laughs> don't tell. There you go. Oh, there you go. Um, I have some fun Abbey facts. Oh, everyone okay. has an Abbey fact. So Abdul the Butcher started wrestling when he was seventeen. Fair enough. That was in that was in nineteen fifty eight. Oh wow! So that explains why his forehead's so messed up then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And also, he wrestled in Canada initially under the following names. Um, the Black Wizard, nice. Zealous Amara, and my personal favorite, Pussycat Pickens. Wow. <laughs> oh, what? I hope he came down to Tom Jones as his entrance music. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's new Pussycat? Pussycat <laughs> Pickens? Pussycat Pickens. Oh, my... God. And then he got from that to Abdullah the Butcher. That's a big jump, that is. Why am I imagining him coming down the ring like some kind of Broadus Clay effort dancing? <laughs> <laughs> Will you please welcome <laughs> Pussycat Pickens? No, no, no. Abdullah the Butcher. No, I'm, I'm imagining Johnny B. Bad's entrance. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> With the yeah, makeup and everything. That. Yeah, wow. why not? So there you go. Oh, my God. And then. <laughs> Uh, ne- so next week we get a promo I think it's Shivani backstage with Moscow or Moscow whatever his name is aye uh, that guy uh, and we get all my favourite shots of the entire pay-per-view because basically he's there talking about um, like he's angry he me- keeps mentioning his son but I don't think anyone in the ring was his actual family member no but he's all angry talking about you know it wasn't wrestling and what he did Lewin was wrong and all that he shouldn't have stabbed him in the face with a screwdriver or whatever it was oh that's really natural and they, got, they just kind of pan to the right and like McGee's just there just essentially passed out covered in blood uh, yeah he's just yeah. Sort of, I, I he just, just like slumped, it, slumped in the corner of the sofa like shouldn't someone be t- paying him some kind of attention not like speaking to Moscow to do a promo I just wrote down McGee's just sort of slumped in the corner yeah he is he's just literally just flicked out yeah. things like that no so, so, so with him. McGee's like I'll be on the verge of death so she wanted to do some go so who do you think Flair or Race it's like really Tony that's not the right time for that kind of question pal <laughs> no. no 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 give no. us some medical attention yeah get a blood transfusion you probably yeah. need to or something yeah but it's fine because Barbara's with some more people from the audience and they're all oh, interesting God. <laughs> interesting is a word yes we come down here for the race is this the one with the two women yeah I think, and they're like uh, yeah. like who do you want to win replay fuck me please <laughs> And who do you expect to win the big match? Ric Flair. Ric Flair. I don't think they say that, human. I don't think they say that. Well, they're practically saying that without using the words. Pretty much. Wow. Um, so we're on to yeah. the next match, which is literally Cowboys versus Indians. I was just yes. yeah, yeah, literal Cowboys yeah. versus Indians. Racism another, another tag team match. Yep. Yes. Yes, Al. Uh, Chief uh, Wahoo McDaniel and uh, Mark Youngblood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, Chief Yahoo's dressed up in his full um, like Indian headgear. Oh yeah, with uh, mm-hmm. Dick Slater and Cowboy Bob Orton, who's dressed like a cowboy. It's literally Cowboys versus Indians mm-hmm. in this match. It is if, amazing. If, before this match starts, the best moment of this entire show happens. The ring announcer is announcing the fact that Dusty Rhodes is in the crowd. Oh, unfortunately, yeah. the mic drops halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that this bit? With us this evening, a very special guest, the Toot. Well, apparently we had a uh, a quick audio failure. That's left to Gordon Soy to try and recover the situation and fails miserably. <laughs> they try to cover yeah. it, and then like, the announcer kind of goes, "Roads, yes, yeah, they just, technical error." Gordon Soy's marvelous kind of. I'm afraid we're having technical issues, and yeah, the yeah, no uh, shit, production department currently. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> great. He's like Seymour Skinner. That's Gordon Soley. Yeah. Actually, yeah. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that they're like, because the, the kind of ring announcer announces the match, walks out, then comes back into the ring to announce Dusty's there and messes it up. So it completely <laughs> ruins the start of the match. There's a lot with Dusty Rose tonight that goes horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. From this point we're onwards. We're coming up to a good one shortly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who thinks um, Cowboy Bob Orton doesn't look, right, doesn't look right without a broken arm cast? That's true. <laughs> I'll tell you when he does have a broken arm cast. Anyways. Well, that would be WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, shut up. Shut up. Um, uh, well, we also get their first kind of fancy camera angle, which is like a camera above the ring, looking down onto the kind of blood-stained map yeah, below. Yeah, like a... Like a bird's eye view of, and Gordon Soli's just then like, oh, who what cameraman's up there? That must be a really hard place to be a cameraman. I'll tell you what, that oh. cameraman who's up there on those rafters really deserves a uh, a vote from everybody because uh, he is about uh, seventy five feet in <laughs> the air, right. and uh, that's a tough shot, but a All beautiful right. shot. Gordon Soli's like an inquisitive five-year-old you've taken out for the tiny little details isn't it he's there kind of going yeah. you must be at least 70, 70 feet, up. feet up in the ceiling and the rafters of the like, uh, yes. Coliseum. I don't think even in 83 they would have strapped a cameraman to the rafters of a building no well to be really. sure in the south maybe maybe yeah that's a fair point and it's also at this point in the proceedings um, I'm going to say a word we'll see what you say to it um, a belly to back suplex yeah, that's another example of Gordon Sully's unique style. Looks like he's trying to set him for a vertical suplex. Bring him up a belly-to-back suplex. Now tries to set him up for uh, another vertical suplex. Has him up. That's it. What is? Uh, I thought he was talking about food or something. I don't know what was going I, on? I I thought initially he was saying souffle. Yes. Yeah. I'm like that, that sounds good, but not right young now. blood there with the attempt at the souffle. <laughs> he's, in the middle yep. of the ring. he's he's burned top of it. He's going to get deducted points for that. Oh, there was a bold attempt by the wrestler to try cooking an entire meal during a wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> he should have got his kettle out like Al did. Yeah. Spent five years at the wrestling uh, wrestling cooking academy. Uh, I'm put the pie in it now. <laughs> but like all that kind of gets away. The fact like, like Slater and Orton, they're a really good heel tag team. Oh yeah, they're doing yeah. all kinds of like good healy healy stuff. You know, with, with the referee and things. But they keep saying suplex. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of bizarrely off putting. Really, suplex mania running wild. It's a bit weird. And I get annoyed because the the finish is like um, I think um, is it Bob Orton does a superplex on the top rope. I think so. Uh, so Youngblood is double teamed. Uh, yeah. Suplex from top rope for three. Yeah. McDaniel's does try to save, but then there's no joy. Because I was then, waiting for Gordon Solid to say um, uh, a top rope super play. Or su- super play. Super play. <laughs> super super play. But he didn't say it. He didn't just call it the move was. Well. He's disappointed there. <laughs> a sommelier. Yeah. Super, super, super play. Super play. <laughs> Super freak? No. Um. no. Oh, there was, a, there was an early one. I think Orton gets Youngblood on the outside and just basically just drops him on his back on the barrier. Yeah, that, yes. that was a, I was channeling uh, Pro Wrestling Noah before they were about. It, it didn't look nice. It didn't look like it was a fun landing. No, because have you noticed as well, by the way, that the lighting as soon as they go more than two feet away from the edge of the ring is atrocious and you can't see a bloody you can't thing. See Another a thing. example. Oh, this is probably the first time they. No, we're yeah. getting used to this televised malarkey. The lighting rig is one light bulb. They would have still been shooting in the studio for the TV show, wouldn't they? Yes. I don't think yeah. they would have been like shooting like in arenas for the NWA for the release. Maybe for WWE stuff, they would have like an the outside better, the crew. Better stuff. Yeah. Well, 
the better stuff. But for them, I'm guessing they were still doing the everything was done in the studio. So the lighting was, there was just TV lighting, wasn't it? I think everything was done yeah. at the, the kind of TV studio for the promotion. So it was very like much doing it on like a sound stage, essentially, mm. like um, GFW is nowadays. Uh, well, I also like to um, start to finish. You get um, Orton and Slater doing a beatdown on um, Wah- well, Wahoo McDaniel. And they yeah. kind of pull his arm out. I think um, Orton grabs his arm and kind of stretches it across the apron. And Slater goes up to the top rope to do like a jump down to the, onto the arm. And he goes mm. to the top rope and he goes, I, you know what? That's too high. And he comes back down and jumps off <laughs> the apron. <laughs> yep. He's, He's like, like this, is, this is dangerous. I'll, I'll know, calm down a lot bit. But then Orton just goes up and does it anyway. It looks really horrible. Yeah, it's not it's not pretty. And you can kind of understand why Slater was like, ah, you know what? That's bare concrete down there. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Like, so I'm just going to go off the steps that'll be fine that'll be fine but Orton's like no I'll do it get me up there so after this we cut back to the locker room yeah do you know to this yep. point um, I think I'm sure it's Bobo or Gordo but they say Tony Schiavone like it rhymes that's probably Gordo yeah. Schiavone Mahoney go for Tony Schiavone that's, like, uh, that's, uh, that's actually a better name we should always call him Tony Schiavone <laughs> Tony Schiavone <laughs> Tony Schiavone that's actually that yeah, we with Flair. My issue with this, and all the Flair promos through this, it's calm, humble Ric Flair. That is not the Ric Flair that I want. No, I was going to no. have no idea that it's really muted his promos. It yeah. would have been nice to have a, a contrast that Ric Flair's out for revenge, out to kill. Meanwhile, you've got the cool, calm mob boss almost in our yeah. race. But he's just like, he's just like, yeah, you know, I've been trading to get back to it, and, you know, race, I got you. I know, I know you. Oh, to be fair, like when oh, Jay yeah. Youngblood starts talking, like he makes Flair sound like flipping—I don't know—like Charlie Brown does later on in the in the pay per view. Oh God! He's like, uh, <laughs> is that so, the, like any time I've grown up, spoken a Charlie Brown movie? <laughs> yeah. but like they're there. I think it's like Youngblood and Steamboat. They're doing a promo. They're just kind of more focused on doing the tape on their fingers and wrists and stuff. <laughs> just doing that. And that's where um, Steamboat calls him Jack and Jill Briscoe, which was a really good little thing, but he just kind of completely ignored. And without a doubt, Jack and Jill Briscoe, you will see your inevitable end coming soon. Yeah, it's kind of lost over straight away. Yeah, so then uh, we're going to cut some highlights of the pay-per-view, but no, we're going to Barbara with Dusty, which I'm sure will go completely fine. Everybody is... It's a big drill to be in such a, a great. Three of Flair for the goal, Rick Flair. This promo ends up being on fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get you get Dusty talking, cutting in and out, and then Gordo and Bobbo trying to talk over the top to say what he's talking about as he keeps cutting back in, and then they stop because he's back in, and then he cuts yep. out again. And yep. it's just like, oh my god! I, what we didn't know is that there was—if we got a live shot of the production truck, there was a cat crawling across the controls at this point. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to get it out. It's to be able to know that even you know how you like you know people take pops at WCW for having like these massive mistakes, and this is before WCW even turned up. <laughs> it became a thing. Yeah, it's still, this is what WCW inherited. They can still That's mess up. Is it not this bit that Gordon Soule actually comes out with the absolute gem of if you can read his lips, you can tell these things. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you can read his lips, you can tell what it's he's saying. It's a good... Go book it back up to the box. So, so that so Dusty Rhodes promo gets quickly binned. 
And then, the, best, the best bit is he'll be back later. <laughs> I bet he does the exact same promo later on. Yeah, I think it will be. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, God. So then we're, oh, we're on to um, uh, a hair versus mask mask. No, a hair versus... No, it's not. It's a belt versus mask mask. That's what it is. Title versus mask. Yes. yes. Great Kabuki versus <laughs> Charlie Brown from out of town. Charlie Brown from out of town or sometimes from downtown. From downtown. They can't quite decide if he's from downtown, downtown Charlie or out of town. I don't think he's quite sure. He's well, all around downtown. Gordon Tony just kind of goes, well, he, never mind out of town. He, never mind out of town. He's always been downtown, Charlie Brown, to me. So I'm going to call him that for the rest of the match. Yeah. yeah. Here's my question. Um, oh, oh, yeah. For those who don't know, Charlie Brown is uh, Jimmy Valley. No. Look at his beard, for crying out loud. Um, well, it's less than a beard. It's like a man with an afro, and he's put a mask on and pulled the afro down over his face. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like if Cousin It became a luchador. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. What's really weird is like the, the it's like old man hair colour, if that makes sense. Yes. Like he yeah. looks old. But like the way he moves in his body looks really young. It's a really weird it's it's, like, it's, it's it's a fairly weird contrast, but uh, it's, you know, I think everyone knows it's Jimmy Valent because yes, like, his, his mannerisms, the way he moves, the way he does everything is just so obvious. Yeah, and like his um uh like his giant flares and he's got out of, yeah. from out of town on his back. And then the weird thing oh I didn't mention this really like with each match they mentioned like a, a time limit oh yeah because they mentioned mm-hmm. the, the, the Abdullah the Butcher Cologne match was given a 60 minute time limit apparently <laughs> which lasted hang on let's see how long it actually lasted for uh, shall we four and a half minutes yes so that was good uh, so this one I think is like uh, another 60 minute match yeah but for the first 15 minutes the title's on the line that's right because then yeah. in 15 minutes it becomes a title versus mask match so in the no, it's like for the first fifteen minutes, the title's on the whole thing. Oh, Kabuki, okay. Kabuki's mask is no, is title. masks on the line for the whole thing. But the no, it's Charlie Brown's title. mask on the line, isn't it? Cause he's got a mask on. Yeah, it's Gary it's, Hart, it's, who's with Kabuki, is sure oh. that Charlie Brown's Jolly Valiant, and he's trying to find out for definite. Yeah, you're. Right. I think you're. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it just yeah. seems to be weird how the titles only exchange can be exchanged for the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, that makes no sense. Even that's such an important thing. You'd surely let the crowd know how long there is left in the match. Yeah. Well, yeah. Counting it down. Because we'll come back to that at the end. Which is, yeah. yeah. Well, aye. But, but this match is weird because, like, it kind of starts off quite heavy. They go outside. Charlie Brown gets a chair out straight away. Mm-hmm. You know, good grief. Wham. And then it's like a sleeper. And then another the sleeper. The longest sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like um, Kabuki like, counters that with a claw, like the, the claw hold on your head. It's the longest claw. But then, but then, right, but then he goes to the second rope and there's yep. a, a second rope claw. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of seems like it's going to be something amazing come off of the second rope maneuver and, and then he, he just kind of just falls forward and goes back claw. to the nerve hole. No, it's fine. He gets out, Charlie Brown gets out, and then Kabuki goes to the top rope. We're going to see some top rope action, Cameron. And it's a top rope claw. Back to the yeah. top rope claw. I've yeah. never seen so many claws in my life. <laughs> it's like, but apparently he cuts off the blood supply to the brain. That's what Gordon Soli says. Yeah, the, the the finish to this match is botched to beyond levels of botchedom. What are you talking about? Are you saying you can't finish match with an elbow? Well, yeah, that's after Kabuki just kind of falls over. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Brown drops an elbow, and that's enough for the pin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wins. 
and then you get the great bit of the match team <laughs> Cordo's like yeah he's a champion we think we'll have to check the time yeah it's, it's just always like oh, we'll have to check with the official timekeeper to see if that pinfall was conducted in within the 15 minute time out for the title to change hands yeah. what we don't and then it doesn't happen. No. <laughs> what, we, what we don't know is the uh, timekeeper's actually in charge of the audio as well, hence the problems. <laughs> yeah, you can't do one thing or the other thing. You can't do the timekeeping or the audio, not both. That's the trouble. He sends around back and forth. Uh, so, yeah, Gordon and Bobbo, they're back on their, their, their back, backdrop. And some guy comes up called Dude. Some radio, radio presenter, guy? I think, from the year, uh, from what I've discovered. He, he, you know, he, he's a flair. I was, just be- I was just beginning to wonder why I've written down in the notes here there's a fella called Dude question mark yeah, he's called I couldn't Dude. remember anything about it yeah. uh, then they throw him to Shivani he's there with um, the boss Holly Race uh, Bob Wharton and Slater yep. Slater's not a great promo but it's alright but Race is just like like he's gonna kill someone and I'm coming for that neck buddy that's my whole ball game all night long is your neck and the elimination of Ric Flair. It's proper, he's proper scary. It's just he's that, great. He's just got that tone where he's kind of talking softly, but really slowly about what he's going to do to Ric Flair. Yeah. You imagine him like, uh, like some kind of show, he's just walking past the person he's got in prison, just rubbing his hands, Kelly. Like, you know what I'm going to do to you now? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cut every last one of your fingers off and mail them back to your wife. I'm going to fucking fuck your shit up, pal, because I'm high fucking race, yeah? He really should be at the performance centre giving people like tips on how to do like effective promos. He's really yeah, old, though, isn't he? Did, did he turn up really Wrestle Kingdom 8? Uh, yes, you're right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He gave someone a punch in the face, I remember, but he did not great. No, it was nice. He's quite hey, easy on his feet these days. I'll tell you what will be great. Dusty's back. <laughs> yes. Hey, we're back with the promo that he probably would have had earlier had the mic not cut out and it not been on fast forward. Yeah. So we're going to try again. Because <laughs> Dusty, lucky, folks. But there, there is a reason why Dusty's not just there because, you know, he's after a payday. He's there because whoever wins the Flair race match is going to face Dusty. Yeah, he wants to challenge the winner. Yeah, yeah. So he so doesn't he, want to challenge the winner. He wants to challenge race. Yeah, because he he calls race out for, to be the winner, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. At the end, he goes, and I bet it's going to be you. Race is kind of like spoilers? Question mark. Yeah, sure, I know you're the book. Well, as it turns that. out, no. Well, no. <laughs> um, but did anyone else think that Rhodes may have been a little bit under the influence? Because even for Dusty Rhodes standards, this was a very slurred promo. It's very slurred and rambling, and it does end with the phrase. I'll be the three-time champion once again. <laughs> <laughs> How can you? Right, you've got, you've got you've got two at the minute, Dusty. <laughs> if you win it again, that's three. It, it doesn't it doesn't you multiply to six. You can't do the, the three-peat repeat. No, <laughs> it's like a Pokemon. It just evolves. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I have written down here. It'll be three-time champion one more time. Question. <laughs> anyway, anyway, right, we're going to get to the serious stuff now. Yes, and what, what is, is like an actual historically important match? Mm, yes, uh, this is Rowdy Body Piper versus the U.S. Heavyweight Champion. Correct. Uh, yes. Great to have a Valentine in a dog collar match. I just wrote one word to start this match: violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing is, like all the matches so far, they haven't been no DQs, and we had a, we had like two bloodbaths already. <laughs> like this yeah. is a no DQ match they do come out and say there's no disqualifications like what the hell is this going to be like 
Yep. Uh, then they start talking about the details of the chain and the fact the collar's got like studs on it. And yeah. I just thought, this is beautiful. You're building this up to be something completely chaotic and brutal and bloody. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, they're talking about how brutal the match is going to be. And then, like, there's a graphic of, like, Greg's Valentine pops up of him just, like, staring oh, up like an idiot. <laughs> These graphics remind me of Tim and Eric so bad. It's amazing. Because <laughs> Piper's all right. He kind of looks off to one side, looks at the camera, smiles. Yeah. But Valentine's like he's having his passport photo taken. Well, yeah, also with the camera sort of going in a circle because, again, the camera guy can't stay still. Can't stay still. It's um, it's like kind of like the select wrestler things, like an arcade game, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, bloop, 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 but why, like, from that, bloop, bloop, from that bloop, photo, why would you pick Valentine? That's a good point, yeah. He's just like gormously staring off into the distance. Like he's like he's mm-hmm. getting ready to, like he's thinking, oh, when I go back to the hotel, I'll, uh, I might get a sandwich. Are you going to sandwich? Yeah, sandwich. I'll get a sandwich. Yeah. Yep. Get a sandwich. The, the kind of funny thing with this match is <laughs> this match isn't even for the belt. Yeah, it's just a dog collar match, isn't it? No, but it, yeah. takes, it takes him until halfway through to realise that. <laughs> well, yeah. His soul is there kind of going, yeah, this match, uh, we're being told not for the title. It's like, like, what? You're being told not for the title because you're drunk. The rest of us know what's going on. <laughs> Like, how is this not for the title? How? Yeah. I don't know, they keep calling how me. can you possibly get <laughs> more violent than this? It wasn't written down in the announcer's papers, therefore it's not for the belt. But I do like at the beginning they're talking about the fact that just a tug on the you know, the tug on the collar. Could could be be could the like, this is so wonderfully built up, and you've got this image in your head right from the start yeah. of what you think you're going to see, and it's just yeah. that's missing from nowadays. Even from like a simple gimmick match or whatever it might be, like the you're missing that sort of shut up. <laughs> you're, you're just you're just missing that sort of aura and that sort of I'm about to watch but, something yeah, absolutely this is, this is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Which, no, like, yeah, they, they kind of do the tug of war thing to start, which is quite cool. They're both kind of leaning back <laughs> and just kind of like feeling each other out, and then Piper just like wails on Valentine with a big length of the chain. It's like, oh god, <laughs> they're not messing around, yeah. are they? Yeah, I, I think I think they probably got both legitimately hurt during this match because it's pretty out there. Well, that's why this is your historically important match. Mm-hmm. I teased on the last show. Um, because during the during the, the match, I think they, they keep talking about how Valentine's going after Piper's ear. He, yeah. damage his ear so he's like wailing after his ear but during the match I think he did bust his eardrum and he lost about was it 50% of the hearing in the left hand side uh, yeah he lost a lot of his hearing so yeah. obviously they were building up the fact that you know Valentine's going to go right after the ear again yeah. and he did he did and he was the you know, genuine injury from this match and then after this was when Piper moved from the uh, NWA to WWF mm-hmm. and because of the injury sustained from this match he couldn't start as a wrestler so he started oh. as a manager and then they gave him a microphone and started up Piper's pit because he couldn't it wrestle. Was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. So the whole heel thing that kind of helped to create WrestleMania one. WrestleMania one. Start. Yes, Al. You, <laughs> He's still evening. there. Hi, um, Al. <laughs> uh, started in this match. You know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have probably got that without Piper not wrestling and being that heel speaky character. Would you have had the kind of big? Build up with him being the villain against Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good question. That's a good it's, question. It's a debatable thing, so. isn't it? If he came straight in wrestling straight away, would that would he have got over straight away? Like as the as the big villain guy? Who knows? No, because most people are saying there's a funny looking Scottish guy. Okay, yeah. who's on? Who else is on? And it's all because Greg Valentine got a bit heavy with the uh, with the chain on him a few times. 
yeah, I've wrote down this chain is going to actually break or bend or yeah. like take off somebody's arm. I, I like th- they keep calling it brass knucks as well. Oh, they're using the chain like a brass knucks. It's like, yeah, uh, keep saying knucks. <laughs> I like it. Punishing Roddy Piper using that chain now as a pair of brass knucks. But there's no way, there's no way you can do this match these days. No, 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 like, no. There's a no. bit where um, I think uh, Piper throws the chain around the, around the ring post. Yeah, yeah so it's like putting it back to strangle Valentine with it. Yep, you can't do that nowadays. But then just Could after that, that, in this no disqualification dog chain match, the ref holds back Piper. It's like, why are you doing that? Uh, pass. It's a no DQ match. Yeah. You know, Valentine gets busted open, Piper starts bleeding from the ear because Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we get a souffle counter battle. Yeah, and it's just more like, souffle. Muscle Muscle play. Plays. Yep. Um, it's just going mental. You know, the ring mat, like, it was already looking nasty to begin with. It's now, like, even more yeah. covered in blood. That, that's just like an infection waiting to happen, that ring mat by the yeah, end. Just, you're going to get some kind of hepatitis from that thing. It's going to be disgusting. <laughs> mm. um, so, you know, big DQ chain match. What it needs is a sleeper hold. Uh, <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> of course, you know, you're going to get toned down the action at some point in time. But, like, I think um, I, I, the Gordo Bubba pointed out, what's the point of doing a sleeper when you've got a collar around protecting your neck? Exactly. It's actually quite a clever point. So, I, what was the finish? I forget now. I think Piper gets Valentine down and, like, wraps the chain, like, hooks his legs with the chain. That's right, yeah. Yeah, Val- Valentine's <clears throat> going to the second rope and then Piper pulls on the chain, so Valentine falls, and as he's coming down, Piper punches him and batters him with a chain wrapped around his fists. There you <laughs> go. And then pins him. And then we get the post-match. This post-match is brittle. He's just, Valentine just goes in for Piper. And what was weird is, like, Piper came in with two pals. Mm-hmm. Nowhere to be they're seen. Gone. They've run out. They're like, nope, we're not getting involved in this. See ya. <laughs> so yeah, Piper, Valentine's just like laying in these like strangling Piper on the ropes with it and all sorts hitting him with a dog collar it literally looked like he was assaulting him yeah it was like woofed and Piper's doing a great job of selling it as well he's like dead <laughs> yeah he's just like all over the floor no he's just like it's just this match is how you build up a gimmick match and how you actually present a gimmick match yeah because it, 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 it is presented as like being like the brutal way to finish this feud isn't it yeah. Even though when Piper but, wins, um, Gordon Tully goes, and the US heavyweight champion, Roddy Roddy Piper. Gordon just woke up at this point. His title not on the line. I am incorrect in my statement. The title not on the line, but Roddy Piper gained his revenge by a victory. But, but like he does that, and then he says, um, uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, he's a man and five yards wide. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds good. Like every now and then he like kind of comes out with oh that punch came right from the backyard. I like it. That stuff's good. He's a man on five yards wide. Not so good. Uh, so they're, they're talking they say we're going to go to Barbara. No, back to Ric Flair. Yeah, I was going to say we're, we're with Barbara. No, it's Shivani again. Shivani yeah. and Ric Flair. It's, it's almost yep. like the Ric Flair and Dusty are trying to compete for like worst promo of the night. Yeah, because there's like there's no fire in Ric Flair at all coming into this. It's really weird. Yeah. No, I don't know if he was going to go for the sort of idea that he was got like this match on his mind and he wasn't really going to say much else about it but it does come across as he's just bored I want the yeah. style of the Ric Flair that's what I want yeah the limousine riding jet plane flying yeah come on yeah, son of a gun yeah. and like what's his name Don Canodal he's not going to poke me off 
<laughs> no. He's not going to no. get the blood pumping, old Don. Dapper Don. Uh, well, to be fair, at this point, we've probably seen enough of blood pumping, so, you know, this That's is a nice point. break. That's a fair point, actually. Uh, so next, we've got uh, another young blood, Jay Youngblood, teamed up with, with uh, Ricky, sorry, Rick Steamboat. Keep calling yes. him Rick Steamboat. This is the Briscoe Brothers, Jack and Jerry. Is that uh, another tag team match? Yes, it is. <laughs> large amount of tag team matches on this card. It's not as many as the last few shows we've done. Shut up, Alan. The lottery, that's true. Shut uh, up, Al. <laughs> two things for the beginning of this match uh, that made me kind of well. There's a few things that made me happy with this match. Number one, the belt continues to DQ. That's weird. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, uh, I think it's Jack Briscoe who just stood on the top rope for no reason. Wait, not do for two number ones. You channeling your inner Gordon Sully now? Yeah. Number one, number two, <laughs> Jack Briscoe. Number three, he's just stood on the top rope. He's just well, chilling. But yeah, he's not yeah, like he's, he's like he's waving. He just he just stood there still, just on the top rope. He's just gauging the altitude yeah and then uh, Jay and Steamboat kind of get a ring entrance in that they're not in the ring when they're announced they kind of walk into the ring even though you don't see them come to the ring yeah no because that's what you mentioned as well everybody starts in the ring don't they like the whole thing so far there's no, no there's music no intros, there's no music or anything like no, that. no and then we get the graphic of uh, the Youngblood Steamboat team and it looks as like in the video in the little graphic like Youngblood's wearing like his uh, Red Indian thing it was his American Native American headdress thing and it looks like Steamboat looks at him and laughs. Like Steamboat's just looking like Chucky, like, oh, look at him wearing a stupid headdress. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, wait, that's my tag team. Yeah. Oh, God. And they're like, this is a really weird beginning to the match. I don't know what's going on. And then, like, seeing yeah. Jerry Briscoe not being a stooge, it's like, what's going on? I don't understand. No, you know, he's proper, proper slimy heel. I don't think I've ever seen Jerry Briscoe wrestle. Mm, yes, I- you have. You saw that evening gown match. Again, I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. <laughs> but, well, not like, okay, okay, prime Briscoe when he's like actually a wrestler, not being the old comedy act. Yeah, I finished, I finished watching this and then I watched the main event at WrestleMania 1 and Pat Patterson's and that. And it was just he's like, kind of going, he's a referee, yeah. And you're thinking, yeah, that King of the Ring 2000 match is uh, <laughs> a fair while away. A fair while away. Uh, and but, unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, you got this match, you've got the Briscoes, you've got Youngblood and Steamboat. Steamboat literally looks like he's from five years in the future. Yeah, Steamboat is amazing even at this Steamboat's point. Always been I mean, it's like when we did World Games ninety two. It's just like he's amazing in that and he's amazing in this. Yeah. And there's but a lot of seen the old him, like, guys just, who just are... see like how different his look is. Even though he's not like, you know, massively ripped, he's not mm. but no, he just but looks pretty like, taut like he's still different. I think it's kinda of written down somewhere like yeah, the most of this this card's full of wrestlers. And yeah. there's like two or three like superstars. And like, so you look at Steve and go, yeah, he's a superstar. You know what I mean? I don't like the kind of, you know, saying that as a professional wrestler and all that, but like, he generally is like a, like a superstar. You can just tell he's just different. Mm-hmm. It's like a different breed. Like, compared to Youngblood, like, he just looks a little bit, again, like, bored? It's bored out of place. I'm not sure what it was, but what I'm sure about is the crowd are going absolutely ballistic. Yeah, this is a hot crowd, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And you know, what helps that is Gordon's really talking about the really boring, complicated history to the match. The Briscoes, of course, as uh, having said that they that they would not be a part of Starcade '83. They very definitely were not going to wrestle Steamboat and Youngblood. But promoter Jim Crockett bought their contract for a match out of Kansas City and moved it right here to Starcade '83. And here it is. Still didn't have any choice to match. Yeah. Oh, I'll just do another copyright message. I'll just copyright. Don't steal the footage. 
<laughs> yeah. Gordo, come written, on, mate. Written permission from Jim Crockett Productions. So just come yeah. on. And mm. did, uh, did anybody notice uh, the little bit of casual racism in that they couldn't tell Steamboat and Youngblood apart during the match? Yeah, that was not. 80s, yeah. Yeah. So Youngblood's young blood doing this? No, that, that's Ricky Steamboat. Like, literally. Sexism, racism, woo! Like, I could never tell the bushwhackers apart. Shut up, Al. It's not, it's not racist well. to animals. We can, because they are the greatest tag team in the world. <laughs> Why? Like, like, how, can you, how can you not tell the difference between like, Jay Youngblood, who's like a dude, and Ricky Steamboat, who looks like Bruce Lee? I mean, come on. That, no that's right there. I don't know. But then, yeah, we get the, we get like a bit of uh, action at the beginning, but then we get straight into the Steamboat cell, and they just lap it up, don't they? Oh, yeah, the crowd. Oh, yeah. Like, come on, Steamboat, go. You can actually hear the crowd shouting He sells so well. Like, it's just... Like he's such a baby face when he's when he's on the cell. It's fantastic. At this point, when when it was Jack Briscoe and Ricky Steamboat in the ring, I just wrote down, "I want this to carry on forever." <laughs> oh, it's a great uh, move with really it. Good. Uh, is it? Um, I'm not sure which Briscoe it is, but it's just like an arm drag into like an arm lock, and it's so smooth. Oh yeah, it's, it's flawless. Yeah, and then like that, like Steamboat just then just picks him up into a suplex. Just <laughs> yeah, beats like, him up from the floor like a, oh yeah I remember that yeah yeah Steamboat just kind of deadlifts him yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like, the, suddenly um, like Steamboat's just, muscles like twice the size like you're going off for a suplex <laughs> I'm gonna fucking get you <laughs> you're not dead banging me pal bang suplex it's like oh he's just so good yeah but yeah Steamboat's selling uh, Steamboat powers out of an arm lock which is the suplex yeah Youngblood comes in with a hot tag but only gets a little bit of offence Jack Briscoe with the souffle for two. <laughs> um, then Jack Briscoe attacks the ref. Yes. Which is a bad idea. <laughs> Angelo Mosca, who's huge. <laughs> yes, he's and a then, large man. So, give me his correct uh, nickname, King Kong Mosca. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, he's a um, former Canadian football player, apparently. Yeah. Wow. The, the glory of the CFL. He went, on, he, he went on to run his own house shows in Canada. Did he? Do you know what they were called? <sighs> Shite. Go on. <laughs> just give us his name again so I get this right Angelo Masca they were called Masca Mania hey. I wonder where he got that name from and that was in 1986 he did that oh, wow. okay. Okay. I wonder where he got the Mania from that's really original um, it was yeah <laughs> some would say off a really good event some would say <laughs> no so. and then I think we get what is the only real tag team finish um, yeah I'd say so well yeah when he Steamboat lifts him up into kind of a he like, drop kick. He like thing. Gorilla press slams Youngblood and just drops him onto the one of the Briscoes for the win. Oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's no one else. None of the other tag teams have like a finisher. They just kind of like do a roll up or try to yeah, murder the opponent or something. Yeah. It, it just kind of it, it ain't no batrun ram. Nope. <laughs> uh, so yeah. the Briscoes lose and then immediately just try to murder Steamboat. They're just like right, but again, this is like what the third or fourth match when it finishes is a beatdown afterwards. Yeah, it's it's very it's like, very much establishing the fact that these guys are evil. Yeah, but like with your booking, like you want to try to kind of mix things up a little bit. To kind of you know you want your you don't want your early matches to kind of take away from later matches. No. So having, having the constant beatdowns and the constant you know like, the second match was a bloodbath. <laughs> That's a good and, like, point. The one after that was a bloodbath, and then another beatdown, and then another bloodbath with a beatdown afterwards, and then this one's got a beatdown after. It's like you you kind of laying it on too thick. I suppose, yeah. You want uh, a couple of matches just to end, not with a handshake, but you know, just someone to be able to get out of the ring without being beaten up by the other dude. Because <laughs> nice. what happens, wrestlers kind of go, yes, yeah, I'll see you later, guys, I'm off to the bar. There's the bit uh, at the end of as well where, um, I don't know if it's Jack or Jay Briscoe, comes off the top rope 
and I think Mask is supposed to catch him. Yeah, I've got that written down as well. But yeah. it ends up really kind of awkward. He ends up just kind of falling down. And then <laughs> it's obviously he has to have the other Briscoe kick him in the head, but he has to wait and he's kind of like hugging the other yeah. Briscoe that's attacked him on the ground until <laughs> then, like, I think it's Jack Briscoe comes up and kicks him in the head. It looks really bloody Doesn't awkward. Great. This looks really awkward. Doesn't look great. Don't look great. So it's not a bad match, this one, actually. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty good. Because Steamboat really isn't it more than anything else. Pretty much, yeah. Steamboat the, does does business. The only way to kind of, you know, follow up on a match of that quality is to read out all the credits for a good five, ten minutes. Have you also uh-huh. noticed as well on the credits, it says uh, camera work, and I have to wonder how a Jack Crockett got a start <laughs> in a gym promotion. I don't know. Jack Crockett on camera is Doug Dillinger. Uh, Dave Warlock, Barry Discus, uh, Jeff Allen, and Rick Presley. And without the cameraman, and uh, I don't know which one was up topside, but brother, that one was a, a tough position. This isn't the Starcade with the um, executive producer, whatever it is, titled at the end, is it? No, it's uh, not at the end. They're reading out halfway through for no good reason. Well, there's one of them who uh, comes up, executive producer, whatever, um, Virgil Reynolds. Yes, that was yeah. last show. <laughs> um, so then we were kind of like cutting around a bit I'm guessing while they're setting the cage up around the ring yeah it's probably to buy them time uh, yeah. we get Gordo reading out the credits Bobo doing some patter Shivani Bobo does some patter it sounds it like does. a kid's book Bobo yes. does some patter alright fans and we're just minutes away a flare for the goal during this intermission we're thinking about what's going to be upcoming and of course that world heavyweight championship match Ric Flair and Harley Race as we say now just just minutes away Shivani's uh, with Flair she's a bit of talking yep. Yep. Uh, t- Charlie Brown from out of town comes in shouts <laughs> walks off it's like a crazy old man comes in. Oh, yeah, brother. Hoorah, hoorah. Gone. Well, it's actually at this point we're told that Charlie Brown is now the new TV champion. Yeah, we're actually, that's actually yeah, confirmed. It's, it's taken them about an hour to confirm yeah. it after the end of the match. Piper comes in with a really <laughs> angry promo. He's like, I would take five minutes of that, please. Thank you very much. You say, you say your strategy was to take away all my hair. You see what you forgot is you got one more year to go. I beat you fast, fast, Starcade 1983. The next thing, Valentine, that United States heavyweight title, brother, that's mine. Yeah, it's, yep. it's also contains the classic line. The problem is, you've got one year to go. Yeah, you've got one year to go. He walks out, covered in blood. Uh, yep. The new champs come in. Jay's still a bit sleepy. Um, <laughs> apparently, the five times champs. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, back to the boys back to Gordon and Bobo at their, bar- at their backdrop thing and he just says it's Gordon Sullivan I'm sure the Briscoes have a rematch clause yeah and then he's like the the the, the Steamboat and Youngboat took a chapter out of the Briscoes lives and did it back to them it's like, well, it makes no uh, sense Gordon I don't know what you're uh, saying no. but don't worry Dusty Rhodes here to save the day no they, they're gonna go, they're gonna cut to Barbara first wait she's not ready bit of improv from the boys Right now, we want to go down to Barbara Clary at ringside. Well, they're not quite ready for her. I see she's not down at ringside, Gordon, so we won't go down to Barbara Clary right now. Well, I'll tell you what. Barbara, of course, has been uh, very, very busy tonight talking to fans. It's hard to get around this place as many fans as there are. (laughs) Yeah, they are are wonderfully shitting themselves to fill in this three-minute slot. (laughs) (laughs) Unexpectedly. What's the Back to Dusty. Yeah. He's, he's in the, is this one we've seen in the crowd with like three women? 
Yep. Yes, this is the one the where he's, he's now in the crowd again, which yeah. is where he was the first time around when I tried to do the promo. <laughs> yeah. And this whole time, Aldrin all this are like, we're minutes away from the main event. We're minutes away. Minutes yeah, away. Please, please keep watching. Away. <laughs> a few minutes away. And then, then um, I think it's Bobo kind of goes, well, it's not actually cage. It's more like a kind of a chain link fence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, it's a steel cage or a deadly piece of equipment. It's not a chain link fence. No, it's... Don't undersell your final if we get there. It's four bits of fence that's been taped together. So we've done that. Right, we've got all that. We've got all the talk out of the way. Right, let's have the national anthem because... That seems yeah, like a good time. Oh, no, no, usually, you have this, usually have this at the top of the show, don't top you? Top of the show, normally. Why is this guy singing the national anthem for the most part of it in pitch black? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> why <laughs> has anyone... Now, I'm not American myself, obviously. Okay. Obviously. I know it's coming here. I, I am always... I've never heard anyone sing the American national anthem and not kill it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy literally aborts this master anthem because it's terrible. Yeah, he just sounds. He's, he's there going, well, clearly, he's, he's going like, right, no spotlight, no promote, no performance. That's what happens. Yeah, no shandon, no bandon. No moe, no shoe. Halfway through, like his shoulder, like appears in light, and then like, <laughs> yeah. it, like just slowly putting a spotlight. <laughs> it lands on him. It's like an eclipse. Like, then it lands on him. Then he starts doing the big notes. You notice yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. It's right at the end where he's like going to go and land of the free <laughs> and the land and the of the brave. So whoa, <laughs> steady on, calm down, pal. What? Is anyone famous? Tiny weeks, oh, apparently. Some, Nashville. Some Nashville recording artist whose name escapes me. I have no idea. <laughs> Fucking shite artist. We're slowly getting to the big final. Now. Right, we get in. Right, we got that. National Anthem, done. Spotlight, done. Flair's music starts. Let's go for it, right? <laughs> this is brilliant. Disco ball. Yeah, disco just... ball. At a laser show, I think? I can't tell. There's no. a light in the, in the top of the audience. No, there's, the like the there's like one laser. Yeah, spinning around <laughs> in the circle. It was a laser and pen in the crowd. The it meant to be there. shittest pro pyro you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. It's one pyro. It's one. It just literally goes... <laughs> 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 it's like... Because the thing is like... They cut to the cut to where they're coming up. Like you see flare, and it's like light goes dark, hanging around, yes. and it's clearly no. some kind of powder gun. Fucking light, fucking light! Come on, come on, light, light! It is totally the case that you know flare obviously doesn't want to take a further step because he can't see where he's going. Because they're like, no. right, Rick, right, Rick, right, funny. There's going to be all this pyro. Don't move, man. You're going to catch five going near this stuff. It's going to be so crazy. And flare's like, oh my god, I'm not going to move. Um, also, as well. <laughs> fantastic but before we get to the the podium where you quite see you clearly see Ric Flair coming out the door yeah <laughs> it's like this giant light it's kind of like where you've ruined that you see all that you get a bit of smoke <laughs> thing comes off obviously the music's now finished because he had like Flair's music for all the, all the kind of light show yeah. and now there's no music and then Flair like walks to the ring to, to like you know no music and cheers yeah and then you kind of cut to like uh, like Harley Race has kind of stood there it seems to be it seems to be in an arena from a completely different side of the building. Yeah, yeah he stood there. Two officers, two police officers next to him. And he just kind of like stood there, like I'm not, I'm not going to go yet. I'm not going to go yet. <laughs> He's on a fag. And what really helps this whole procedure, since you know national anthem and all the music and all that, is that there's no commentary from the boys at all. It's just abject silence during this whole piece. <laughs> just the crowd cheering and the the the, the pyro. <laughs> Like a little bit of patter there would have been really good. Just a little bit, just fill it in a little bit. So oh, here comes the you know the challenger Ric Flair. He's gonna he's gonna he's got a robe on. He looks good. 
Here comes Race. He's just kind of stood there for no real reason, but you know, he's just kind of stood there. Have you seen like the best bit of the start of this match though? Which bit's that, Cameron? Do you tell? On co- on commentary, it's the way that the uh, uh, Gordon Soli says that Harley Race has said that it's demeaning for him to wrestle in a cage like some kind of animal, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, it's yeah, like really, that. really good because it basically gives across Harley Race's kind of basic, first of all, absolute arrogance. It's just yes. like absolute disdain. <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it, I think it really helped, you know, Harley Race's character. Oh, yeah. This is below me sort of thing, isn't it? This isn't worth my time. Yeah, yeah. Why, am I, why am I in front of you peasants? Yeah. And then we get the um, the ref in the cage is ex-NWA champion Gene Kaniski. Mm-hmm. And he he doesn't he doesn't fool around with his checks for the match, does he? No. He checks all the turnbuckles. Do you see that? He checks every single turnbuckle. Make sure yep. they're all fixed. He goes up to Charlie Harley Race, checks his beard, checks his neck, <laughs> like, checks his shorts, checks his feet, checks his like his wristbands, you know, checks everything, goes to Flair, checks all of him. It's like, okay, this guy, yeah. I, get, I get it, you you know, you're glad to be back in the ring as a ref. But, you know, just calm down a little bit and it doesn't bode oh. well for the match. And it doesn't, as I'll come to in a few minutes. No, um, the match begins and Harley's straight after the head and neck. But it kind of, it kind of is like all this kind of they talk about you know the the bounty up on Flair and all that, and it's all mm. like, oh the intensity oh this you know they are oh, a big match, and like it just kind of starts really slow. Well, it's like a good fire pro match. You've got to build up to the big finish. Yeah, but you want like you know yeah. you, want, you want Flair to kind of come like, run at him and come in with a few you know like a hot start to it a little bit because you know, this feud's like really big well no but that, was, that wasn't the whole setup though Flair was quite calm and collected oh, if true. he was going to run, if he was he was, run yeah. like a lunatic he'd Ric Flair mode that's a fair point if he was like angry during the start at the beginning in yeah. the promos that would make sense yeah and yeah. then this isn't helped bear in mind this is a cage match so I assume there's mm. qualification the Kinski yeah. keeps saying no close fists yeah, can I ski at this point? Because so go go sit down. He's we'll, like, we'll get you when we need you. Yeah, he's like, come on, we're wrestling. Like, no, you're in a steel cage match. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, sorry, chain and fence match. Yeah, uh, fence I think, match. I think, I think close fist at <laughs> this stage is okay. I think we'll notice like um, this early beginning bit, like Rick Flair gets racing like a um, uh, headlock on the floor. Mm. Like Rick Flair looked really bulky. Like he still had like all his muscles. Because he used to be quite a bug, but before his plane crash, he was quite a muscle dude, wasn't he? He was quite quite big and buff. Just pretty big, and then after that, he sort of leaned in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but like, um, you can kind of see like his arms and his like shoulders and chest look really big. I think it's fair to say Ric Flair for the like ninety five percent of this match is just getting the living crap kicked out of him. Oh yeah, because like there's a bit like, he's on top, and then like race takes over, and he's just like he's so methodical and deliberate, in, like in all his actions. Oh yeah, like everything he does on the beatdown, he's just like he's just not rushing. He's just walking really slowly, slow, methodical, and it's at, that makes it more sinister. Just crunching him down, just just like just it's like just yeah, like just, there's no anger to him. Like it's no. just like no, I'm just hurting you because that's what I do. That's what I do. That's why I want to keep this spell. I've got to destroy you, so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, Gordon Sully appears again with another fantastic line. Uh, Flair's got to come away from this looking like a piece of raw hamburger. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's a, it's a Flair match. Of course he's going to bust open. But like, you know, at this stage, like, Kaniski's holding back, like, race from beating up Flair and he's looking in the corner and stuff. Mm. It's like, Kaniski's taking this really, like, he wants a wrestling match and everybody wants a brawl. 
Like I don't, well, I don't know if he was like not involved in the, you know, in the calling for the match or something. But he's like seems to be just getting in the way more and more as the match goes on. Maybe he didn't get to the building until like five minutes before, so he didn't see the previous matches where like things got out of control quickly. Yeah, like he's not there in a close fist. Like I pretty much, I don't think, and no, no, the ref of this whole thing has given a single shit the entire card. Like the rest of let so much stuff go, and like we get to this match, he's like, no, no close fist. I'm going to hold your hand and open your fist. You do it. Well, I guess because this is for the NWA belt, they were probably trying not to hold the NWA rule set, and that was probably part of it. Yeah, maybe. But like, he like at one point, he like he gets he, like he pulls Harley Race back by his hair. Yeah, trying to get him to break a hold of him. He's like, come on, Kinski, calm yeah. down a little bit. Ease up, pal. This also contains a very rare spot. What's that? Ric Flair actually coming off the top rope successfully. That's true. He oh, does. I. Well, like he, the, the, this is like uh, this is like the historically this is the match that makes Ric Flair Ric Flair, isn't it? Like before this, this is this is, this is the sort of beginning of the Ric Flair we know. Yeah, before by, before this, I think he was NWA champ, but the NWA didn't really see him as as the guy. No. It was like this match with like race because race puts him below this match. Like, it's a drag out match between the two of them but this match makes Ric Flair I think into like that kind of big the, the, like the heavyweight champion character that he's not styling the profile on the promos on the way out or anything like that but it's like it's that that legitimizes him as a, as a wrestler as a you know as a character well yeah, yeah. He, went, he went up from here yeah yeah uh, I think this was Harley's sort of last big hurrah as far as matches go yeah because there's that well there's that match with Hogan where he injures himself on a table I suppose like yeah. a good three years down the line, but even then, it was like yeah, you could tell it was like too, too, too many bumps. Yeah, so this is a pass of the many. torch match. Oh yeah, definitely. Which just to bring a little brief comparison to WrestleMania one um, means it has probably a better finish because it yes. does feel like a much better finish to the match where you've got like you know the the, the evil nasty champion defeated and the the, the hero protagonist uh-huh. lifting up the ten pounds of gold. Absolutely. Um, I love the, the fact that obviously after Flair wins, shocker, and the, the locker room just empties after the match. But now, nowadays we're used to seeing cage matches where there's just bullshit ahoy. There's 8 million people in the ring. Yeah. Whereas here, it's literally just the two guys and the ref. We're going to get a winner. There's going to be no messing about it because that's why we have this fence. I mean, cage in place. Yeah. It is like, it is like um, a really decently done cage match because like you say there's no it's like it, it's treated with seriousness yeah and it's like even though it's beneath race he still uses it to bust flare open he still uses it oh, yeah. whenever he can even though Kinski is trying to make him stop it all the time because he's an annoying little mm. shit <laughs> um, which like, when, at one point I think race headbutts him I was like you deserve that because we're, yeah. I, I want a bloodbath here and you're ruining wow. the bloodbath pal <laughs> yeah it's, it's the crowd are so behind Flair yeah it's... Big, it? even though on that um, top rope jump Flair nearly like, do- like lands his head and dies <laughs> I, was to, I was put down to blood loss let's be honest like, he, he kind of jumps to the to the right of race so he kind of hits him with his thighs yeah like, was... race can't catch him to take the bump he just kind of like lands in his hands <laughs> just goes down <laughs> he sort of gets clobbered by his feet and probably thinking to himself that didn't feel good that didn't feel good maybe next time I should just get like someone like, should, someone should help me down with like uh, you know throw me to the floor that'd be good mm. um, so yeah Flair, Flair wins covered in blood because that's how you want a Flair match to end mm-hmm. and old, old Brenda oh she steps up with the graphics oh yep we get Ric Flair new heavyweight champion with some flashing text 
Yeah, that's, that's why the that's why the bank was so fucked up. They spent all the money getting the flash <laughs> yeah. package. No, uh, no pyro for the finish because they would have used them one of them up. Yeah, the one that, that one obviously uh, prematurely ejaculated earlier on. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> and then we get and then we get like a Ric Flair in ring promo to finish coming in blood. Yeah, we just kind of goes, oh, it's, it's brilliant. Oh. <laughs> it's fucking smashing, folks. It's oh, smashing. Tell you, tell you, woof. It's, uh, th- I'd like to thank Youngblood and Steamboat oh, for training good. with me. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like you well, see that. Whole, this whole pay per view kind of just. Because I remember, you know, the timeline that runs across the bottom of the WWE network stuff? Yeah. yeah. And how this match ends, and there seems to be another 20 minutes after, you know, until the actual broadcast finishes. Yeah. I was like, oh, there must be some massive angle that goes on here. That, like, and I was so, like, is this the one where Terry Funk comes down and Powell drives him? Is that this oh, one? Somebody else comes in, yes, and they kind of carry on. Like, race comes back in. Nope. Yeah, and it's like, nope, nope. It's just full of talking. It's full of talking. Yeah. Full of talking. I was actually waiting for Gordon Soy to start telling us what his shopping list was for the next <laughs> yeah, week. They were, getting, they were getting down to that point, weren't they? Yeah, it was if, getting pretty bad. Because we have the promo. Goes back to the boys, Gordon and Bobbo. Uh, go to Shivani with Flair. Uh, which is like another boring promo but what I quite like is um, I think it's Steamboat or someone comes in like tips champagne over uh, Ric Flair's head yeah which and then Dusty comes in and because he's got all the alcohol he's like he can't see like he's constantly he's like trying to wipe his eyes because he's got all the alcohol in his eyes and he can't see properly anymore and he's like blinking really hard trying to see where Dusty is mm-hmm. yep that kind of ruins that moment again a Dusty moment that goes wrong on the show what a surprise <laughs> he's just a jinx in this yeah. entire thing yeah uh, uh, Gordo comes in with, with the line saying oh I bet Ric Flair's gonna have quite a victory celebration tonight I bet he is Gordo I bet he is once he's managed to actually get off camera long enough to actually have a shower and wash the blood off his hair yeah. <laughs> at some point that'd be nice uh, yeah the boys do a bit more talking uh, then we get a word from Harley Race mm. he's like I'm gonna come back gonna get it for an eighth time uh Refers to the ultimate Ric Flair. Harley is always a gimmick right there, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Harley's upset, but he's still very calm, very collected, going, right, this didn't work out this time around. With I'm going to add the shit microphone I think Dusty had earlier on in the night. (laughs) Yeah. With with the bad microphone. But he was saying, okay, I lost my belt tonight. I'm going to go back. I'm going to rest up, recover. I'm going to come back and I'm going to murder you. Yeah. And Barbara yep. uses a catchphrase again. Um, he's going to have to work hard to win the belt, but work even harder to keep it. She was just fucking her shoulders. That's like a one line I think she was given to repeat. Probably, because, you know, she's a woman in the 80s, so she can't do anything. Uh, back to Tony. Fantastic. A bit more Ric Flair. And then Ric Flair just starts chugging the Budweiser in the background while Steamboat talks. <laughs> and then we get to uh, back to the boys again. They're talking. And then there's like, like in the middle of Gordon Tony talking, they just cut to a music montage. New York City to Miami. Hey. And you get like a rock music montage over some highlights of Ric Flair winning. Yeah, that's pretty nice. So that was Dark 83. A flair or the flair for the gold. gold. So that is that is basically the blueprints of what would become, you know, the wrestling pay-per-view. A load of matches. Load of blood. Two fellas talking bullshit most of the time. So here's the important question: Where is this going? In our giant list of shows in the bin. <laughs> I kid. Oh, no, it wasn't that bad. What do we think of the overall quality? I mean, it's hard it's, to judge because it's the first one. There's enough good. There's enough good outweighing the bad. I think it's kind of 
the chain match saves it a lot. Mm-hmm. The cage match is not bad for a main event actually. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, it, there's nothing sort of fancy down about it, and nothing kind of over the top. No. Wow. But it's portrayed as a sort of brutal fight, and it's a brutal fight with they a, get a good story across. Don't they they kind of fence. tell that story really well. I don't know. I'm trying. As I usually say at this point, I'm not sure what the league table is. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go get the Premier League table. Well, the weird thing is, like, there's nothing really to kind of compare it against. We do nothing else from this kind of era apart from the oldest pay per views, Rumble '89. That can't really be compared to it. You're not putting this shit above Royal Rumble '89. Yes, we are. <laughs> That's just sheer biased. I wish that, oh. I wish that just would go out. <laughs> I'm looking like there's WrestleMania 5 and then Halloween Havoc 96. Uh, I'm kind of thinking it's better than Halloween Havoc 96, but it's not as good as WrestleMania 5. Agreed. I'd probably call it there, yeah. Because WrestleMania 5's got like, you know, the Hogan Savage match, the, the Mega Powers yeah, Because that, that was a match that had like a year's worth of build up. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the Flair uh, race match did it well, so good, good six months to it. So that had like a... Yeah. And they sell it through the whole PV, don't they? So they sell that match through the whole PV really well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that is your proper main event, right? But yeah, it's like, it's weird seeing like, seeing the first one, but not seeing it done like, like it's just a wrestling show broadcast. It's not a pay per view. that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, there's no bells and whistles on it at all. There's none. No. Which are going to come slowly down the line, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it'll come slowly down the line, but it'll take probably the WWF to actually... You know, and yeah, so I, think, get sort of I think Gordon Soley spent, not Gordon Soley, um, Jim Crockett spent like a million dollars on the production equipment to actually make the show. So it wasn't like there was no money behind it, but it didn't have that kind of connection to the wider culture that WrestleMania had. No, yeah, which not, made not that, that the first pay per view. This is the first kind of you know event event on TV, for, you know, sold it's event. Close, close circuit. I think it technically wasn't pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And it, it, in but the Caribbean basement, one technically wasn't pay per view either. That was because nope. it wasn't. I think. Nope. But that's but but that is like the first proper super show. Well, this is like this is almost there. Like they've got the bits they need. Like you've got Flair, you've got Steamboat, you've got all these kind of components that are that are, are suitable for that kind of massive car. But like it doesn't quite explode into the big event sort of thing. But you can't fault them for the, for the effort they put into it for the announcers and everybody. No, they ever did the best they could with what they had, yeah. apart from that shitty microphone. <laughs> shitty microphone was so bad. What's so, next time? Well, who's pick, who's pick is it next? It's my pick. <gasps> oh, yeah, it's God. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta it's... be on the network. Yes, Al, it is on the network. Look at the dictatorial Alan over there. Not on me on the network. Yeah, hotels got to have electricity and Wi-Fi. <laughs> so we've we've been living in the WCW world for the last few months. Yeah, we for a long time, time, man. We need we need something fresh, and I thought you know I was having a look at what we could possibly do. And I had two or three suggestions. Then I thought to myself, what was the one thing that all these matches had in common for the most part and it was the fact that there was no mercy shown throughout no mercy oh Oh. see Mm -hmm. and we're going to probably I'd say not the start of the Attitude Eater but certainly we're getting on the road to the Attitude Eater we're going to go to No Mercy 1999 whoa 
Ooh. Right, hang on, hang on. The UK one or the proper one? The proper one, not the UK right. one now. No. The reason why I've picked this is there is some historical importance to this one. <gasps> For example, this is the end of the Terry Invitational Tournament <gasps> and the first ever tag team ladder match. And it also contains Jeff Jarrett's final match in the WWF before he went off to WCW. Oh, good God. I like That's this. right, Al. I like that we're doing like two historically important shows back to back. That's good. Yeah, that, only that's this like a time. Theme. It is. It's a theme. Uh, Al knows what Jeff Jarrett match this is. <laughs> yeah, I do. And he's not I've forward to it. To just, I've just had to Wikipedia to realize what match. Oh, yeah, it's that one. It's that one. Uh, I, could, I could be wrong. The Fabulous Moolah doesn't win the title, does she? Well, we'll have to find out next month. Yeah, we'll have to find out. <laughs> but the reason why I've picked this as well is this is one of the first WWF videotapes I ever bought. Good lad. So, nice. And I watched this tape over and over and over and over again for the tag team ladder match, but also for the main event as well. So you're using Al's tactic of picking a show that you've seen so much you don't have to bother watching it beforehand. <laughs> wow, how dare you. Uh, I, I, might get away, I might get away you? with that as well, actually. I should have um. picked, picked WrestleMania 9, damn it, after that statement. No! <laughs> I'm telling you, WrestleMania 9 is either the live show or it's the final show. <laughs> it's the one we all commit suicide afterwards. <laughs> if we apologize, we're so sorry! Yep. So there you go. WrestleMania. Sorry, WrestleMania. Jesus, no. Uh, no Mercy 1999. Ooh. That's where we're going next. Okay. Interesting. Wow. So it'll be a very big contrast to what we've just watched. <laughs> you think? Yeah, totally. Um, I'm not going to give spoilers away, but there's nine matches on the card. Yes, but these, these, unlike a lot of shows we've watched recently, it doesn't take six hours to watch them all. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's bad. No, no, no. I'm just saying there's nine matches on the card. It, it, yeah. Most of them look all right. You get value for money. And as I just said, the matches are actually not bad. <laughs> what, what, what a recommendation that is. You know what? They're not bad. The opening contest looks a bit ropey. Um, but apart <laughs> from that, the rest of the card looks all right. Well, let's be honest. The first two matches are a bit ropey. <laughs> Um, I was <laughs> well. That one's got some some. <laughs> I enjoy it for some reason. Anyway, and um, there's also a bit of a comeback from another old star in in this event. So it is quite good. So uh, well, yeah, it's got yeah, the of approval. Uh, well, yeah, you know, it's on the network, so it gets the LCL approval automatically, regardless of what it is. <laughs> and I've got and I've got a VHS. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but it's uh, oh my God, he's going to watch that the one. It's um, it's Al's pick after Ewan, so. No, we need to think else. Oh. We need something else historically important to keep this theme going, Alan. Come on, don't you worry. I'll find something historically important. Maybe Alan. not for the right reasons. No, I don't, uh, not the first bushwhackers pay for you. I'm gonna have to leave you. I'm afraid my battery's about to go. Well, the fact that you've been here at all, Al, is a miracle as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't don't just appear randomly in the middle of a conversation. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to do it next time. All right, take it easy. Al. See you all later. Well, what a show! We had uh, an impromptu, Alan. Mm-hmm. We did, yes. We had a few talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's about it, really, isn't it? <laughs> just about yeah. I thought it would be way more stuff than that, but that's literally all we had to talk about, really, wasn't it? So. Well, yeah. But good, Pretty good much. podcast, boys. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Apart from the power cut, there wasn't that many technical issues going in for this one, so that's good as well. Yep, I, nice. I 
I right. don't sound like ass, which is always nice. Always, always uh, trust everything. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So there you go. We'll finish on that then, I guess. <laughs> on that, on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, the conquistadors have left the building. In the graphics, of course, our thanks to Brenda W. Evans, and uh, she has uh, really been bringing us uh, some excellent uh, graphics tonight. No question about that.